how much are you worth? You know, it's a question that people ask themselves like, man, how much should I charge or how much should my beats go or how much should I charge for, you know, per hour for recording or for mixing? Guys, you just listened to a beat by the Boombox Cartel featuring Ian Everson. Hopefully, I pronounced that right. The song's called B2U. Sick ass trap beat. When I first heard it, I was just blown away because, you know, I, I, if you're hearing this podcast and you heard the beginning of that track, if you're hearing it on, you know, uh, earphones or headphones or shitty headphones, you probably won't get that full effect that I first got when I first listened to it, right? Because there's. First impressions are everything, right? First impressions, you know, make you decide if you like something or not, whether it's a person, whether it's a thing, whether it's a service, whatever it is. First impressions matter everything, right? So I was listening. I came across this track at like around like about 10, 11 at night. And I had my monitors like on max. My sub was on max. And as soon as that first drop hit, Right. Not the one with the metallic brass synth, but the first drop. I thought that was the that was the sound that was going to define that song. Right. But they switched it up. They switched it into like this, this um, build up, swell, tensioned type of uh, leading into. Man, I'm fucking <laughs> losing uh, track of what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is, is that they switched it up and then they brought it back. But this time they, they 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 brought it back in a different way, and then that's that's what defined that song. When I first heard it, I was like, "Damn, this is this is crazy." I felt that bass, I and <laughs> that synth is just fucking ridiculous, you know. As an avid sound designer, you know, as an enthusiast, as an enthusiast, uh, uh, sound designer, 
I wanted to recreate that synth, you know? I looked on YouTube to see if someone got close so I can see, you know, okay, well, I'll take it from there, you know? I haven't seen anything like that. Uh, nobody's posted anything. I haven't seen any type of forum for it. I thought, all right, well, fuck it. I'll start from scratch and see if I could do it. First go to FM8, right? Because that doesn't sound like a massive or a Salenth type of synth or Silenth if you want to pronounce it. I pronounce it as Salenth only because how do you pronounce synth? Synth, right? Whatever. So I got on FM8 and I tried to recreate that drop. Not that drop. I tried to recreate that synth. I got close, but you know, it, it didn't sound right. You know, maybe if I <laughs> if I took a couple more days or experimented a, a lot more, I'd probably get there. But honestly, it's just that synth is just fucking ridiculous, right? But anyways, so yeah, I'll put a link in the description. Um, I'm not really sure if iTunes can have links. I don't think so. Oh, by the way, we're on iTunes. So if you prefer to hear me there, you know, check me out on iTunes. Just search for the audio craftsman. Um, but yeah, I'll have a link in the description. Check them out. It, I think it's a free download. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was them. All you got to do is just like their Facebook or share a tweet. I can't remember. And it's a free download. Very cool track. Very cool people. I just came across them. I like their work. They're pretty big, right? They have a huge following. But like I said, I just came across them. To me, they're new. To me. <clears throat> now, before I go on. I want to give credit to the background mix, right? This week's background mix is brought to you by Trap Gutter, right? Sick ass mix. I, I, I've been hearing it lately when, you know, I'm trying to work out or if I'm doing freelance type of work, I just put it on the background. I like it a lot. And I thought, you know what? Let me put it on this next podcast. I like it. I'll put a link in the description so you can hear the whole thing. Check it out. Now, <clears throat> welcome to the fifth episode of the Audio Craftsman where we'll be talking about beats, music, mixing, recording, engineering, anything related to audio engineering. That's what I want to talk about. Now, keep in mind, this is the fifth episode. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, how come you haven't talked about this? Listen, this is the fifth one. Give me time. All right. Hey, Fredo, when are you going to talk about uh, sound kits? Listen, I just bought a ton of fucking kits from soundsinhd.com. So far, I like what I'm hearing, but I'll talk about that in the future, right? Um, but for this week, hold on, let me recap. What the fuck did I talk about last week? I guess it wasn't last week, but in episode four, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Creative blocks. So in that episode, I talked about, you know, some of the exercises I've done to help me come around or overcome those creative blocks that we all seem to get trapped into, you know? And so far, nobody said, hey, listen, uh, you know, I like your ideas and maybe they didn't help you. Maybe they did. And you just don't want to say anything. But listen, if they did, <laughs> I want to hear, you know, uh, what you did to overcome some of these obstacles. Let me know. I'm genuinely interested. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, fake this and then be like, yeah, you know, I just want you to communicate and you know just so i can get listens no like i'm i genuinely want to create some sort of uh community for you know audio engineering enthusiasts people who are genuinely interested in the uh, in every little area that that's related to audio engineering right 
So, like I said, if you have anything to say about the last podcast, let me know. Comment. You know, I really appreciate that. Also, thanks for those who have been sharing. Thanks for those who have been liking it, right? Who have actually been participating uh, and telling me, hey, listen, I like what you're doing. It really it. I really appreciate it because it helps me continue, right? It helps me feel like, cool, there's an actual community out there. And, you know, I'm just glad that I'm tapping into it, right? Now, fifth episode, what do I want to talk about? Well, one thing I really want to talk about is how much are you worth? You know, it's a question that people ask themselves, like, man, how much should I charge? Or how much should my beats go? Or how much should I charge for, you know, per hour for recording or for mixing or, you know? And it's a good question. It's a hard question, right? As a freelancer who does both audio engineering, like mixing, uh, I do a couple masters here and there, recording, right? It's it's hard to come up with a number, right? I also come up with, well, I also do graphic design and photography, and those are a little bit easier for me because I've done them in a long time. But now that I'm doing audio or trying to full time, right? It's a little bit tough because, you know, like everyone else, you don't want to undersell yourself. But you don't want to overprice yourself so that someone sees your price or hears your price and then say, yeah, I'm not going over there. Right. Here's the thing. Right. Is the first and foremost thing that I believe okay, coming from a marketing and research background is, is that I believe that in order to decide your own prices where you say, listen, I'm going to charge eight hundred dollars a beat or I'm going to charge. $1,200 a beat, right? Is that you have to have a brand, right? Is you have to tell yourself, well, you don't have to tell yourself, but I'm saying you have to have that, that brand behind you. You have to have that following and you might tell yourself, oh, well, I'm going to let my music speak to for itself. And that's great. But listen, if your music is fucking hot, but nobody knows about it, you're a star in your own bedroom. And it's hard, right? Because in in this in this type of industry, in this type of market, it's over flooded with producers. It's over flooded with mixing engineers and it's over flooded with people who think they know how to master. Right. And you know what? I'm going to get into a whole other fucking argument considering that whole mastering debate. Like what is mastering? But I'm not going to talk about that right now. But anyways, the market is over flooded, right? Especially with with technology being more easily accessible uh, with, you know, people having just, they just, they can just access it easier, right? So the question is, how do you stand out against them, right? I talked about it in my first, uh, uh, in the first episode where I said, where I said, listen, uh, you know, you gotta have that promotion, uh, where I talked about, you know, that whole record label scenario, right? And essentially is that you could be great at every little thing, but it's just that if nobody knows who you are, you have to, uh, you're not going to be able to set those prices for yourself, right? So back to the whole promoting yourself and having the brand behind you is, is that think of it this way, right? Why do you think Beats by Dre headphones are able to charge so much when the headphones cost about $14 to make? I just want you to think about that, right? Now, granted, since they go into mass production, they're able to get all the parts a lot cheaper, right? That's just how it works. You know, the more parts you buy, the cheaper it ends up becoming. So, of course, 
you know, since they're mass producing the fuck out of these headphones or rather were, because honestly, I haven't been seeing a big buzz around these headphones for quite a while, for maybe a good six months, man. Maybe since Dre sold Beats, I think that's around the time that, it, that the whole thing started dying down. But in any case, is, is that why is he able to charge $300, $400, and, you know, depending on what line, if they cost $14 to make those headphones, right? And the thing is, is because it's the name, right? You're buying what it represents. You're buying the persona, right? Because, see, the thing is, is that the Dre's marketing team was smart. They said, listen, we're going to make these headphones and we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to make it into a fashion statement. We're going to push the fuck out of them. They didn't just make commercials. They didn't just make ads. They didn't just take fancy photography and make them look pretty on the Internet. No, 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 no. They created a social media presence, right? Not only that, they got celebrities to wear them, right? Trey says, listen, I'm going to sell them for $300, but check this out. LeBron James gets one. Drake gets one. Lil Wayne gets one. Fuck it. Put diamonds on his, right? Nicki Minaj gets one. Eminem gets one. All these celebrities, you know, all these athletes get one, right? People who aren't celebrity, well, people who aren't athletes and they're just known for, you know, they're just well known. Fuck it. They get one, right? Because the thing is, is that those people have a huge following. How many people do you, how many people do you think LeBron James has as fans, right? Millions, right? How many people do you think Kobe has? How many people do you think Eminem has that they're all fans? It's a majority. He was smart. He goes, listen, I'm going to give him a free headphone. Boom. That's all he had to do, right? That's all they had to do. And they, he created this name. And the, the, the idea behind these headphones is that they mean a lot. This is that, listen, if celebrities are wearing this, then this must be good. And that's the point that I'm trying to get across is, is that if you have a big presence and you're known for, you know, you, you honestly, here's the thing. I'll give you an example is that honestly, you could work on your beats and you could be the hottest beat maker ever. But if you don't have that presence, it doesn't matter. But if you make mediocre type beats, you know, maybe a little bit good or a little bit better than the average. But your presence is spot on. Oh, that's it. You got it. Right. So one thing I really recommend is, is that before you start charging or before you start deciding what prizes you eventually want to get to, what I recommend is make sure you have that presence. Right. Then later on, you can start saying, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to charge eighteen hundred. I'm going to charge. You know what? I'm going to charge eight hundred dollars a day to record. It's because you got that name and people know what you're about. People say, hey, listen, this guy's big. This guy has three hundred. No, this guy has like three million subs on YouTube and he has like 500,000 followers on Twitter and he has like 800,000 followers on Instagram. He's big and I can reach him. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. I want to work with this guy. So, you know, you, you put your, you put your charge. Another thing that helps is to make sure that you have the credits to back it up. Right. I remember, I think it was like in 2006, 2005, uh, there was a time period where Snoop, if you paid him, I think it was like, 1600 bucks or 2600 bucks he would get on your track right listen I, if he still does that it's up to you if you want to do it but if you're going to invest that type of money to get snoop on your beat you better make sure that that beat is fucking hot don't just make a generic beat because guess what you got snoop on there great but your beat fucking sucks 
and that's nothing to brag about right so if you if you make a hot beat and you get snoop on it right or any other any other rapper that's you know that's either has a huge following or is up and coming or you know he's well known or she right is well known then you can use that as bragging rights and you can say hey listen so and so got on my beat that's why i'm charging this much because i'm networking with them right the thing is is that a lot of people want to use people to get there right if they think if they have this idea that if they get <clears throat> man sorry about that that if they get to you that somehow you can help them get to so and so you know to so and so celebrity or to so and so um record label or whatever it is right so that's that's one of the first things i strongly suggest this is that is start doing it now start pushing that presence in there right now let's say you're already doing that how do you start off what prices should you do right well there's a couple things you should do first is that uh I'm, i have a list right here right i wrote down so to make sure i don't get lost and i don't get sidetracked right <clears throat> so one is look at the competition right you're barely starting out right or let's say you're barely putting yourself out there or you're barely pushing your name out there you've been doing this for a while but you're starting to promote yourself you're starting to market yourself to that demographic to that audience right look at what the competition is doing okay let's say you go on SoundClick, right i did and i looked at the top 10 producers for i think four days and I looked at their average for non-exclusives, exclusives, how much they were selling their beats, what type of rights. And one of the things I found out is, is that it averages between like around 15 to 20. So you can say 10 to 25, right? So that's a good starting point. Now, here's the thing. Make sure that your beats are hot. Now, I know we all like to say, man, my beats are hot. I'm the best out there. We got to put that ego aside, okay? Now is not the time to have this ego blind us on what we can potentially achieve, okay? So, let's say you want to charge 50, but the market is saying, nah, we're selling our stuff for 15. Listen, I know you've met up-and-coming rappers who have tried to pull one over you, right? Who have said things like, hey, man, listen, you know, I'm about to get signed in a couple months. You know, let me get this beat, and when I become famous, I'll get you your own studio or some bullshit like that, right? Or, yeah, man, you know, I'm gonna make this. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna make this for a demo for Universal. Yeah, man, you know they're really interested. Nope, don't do it, right? Just don't believe shit like that. Okay, we. The thing is, is that most of these fucking people, the majority of them, I'm not gonna say all of them, right? But some, I shouldn't say majority, but some wanna hustle you. They want to pretend or they not pretend, but they want to be able to bring your prices down. Right. Hey, let me get some free beats. Hey, listen, if you record me, you know, I can do this, blah, 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 whatever it is. Don't fall for it. Right. The thing is, is that a lot of people want things for free. So, you know, if if you're trying to sell your stuff for fifty dollars and someone else is selling their stuff for fifteen dollars, Guess who they're going to go to? Your beats might be hot as fuck, but like I said, if you got if you don't have that name, they're going to go to the $15 person, right? So, put yourself, you know, on average, right? You got to start off small. I know a lot of us don't want to hear it like, "Man, I don't think I should do this," or, you know, "I feel like my beats are worth mo more than that." And they are. And they are. But the thing is, you got to be smart about it, right? It's that right now, 
it's a bad move to charge a lot. Like I said, if you don't have that that brand behind you, right? So start off small, create a following, right? So, you know, non-exclusives usually go between 15 to 25. Exclusives normally go around from 100 to 400. So, you know, once you start, you know, once you start getting in that pool or, you know, first you dip your toes in that pool and you're saying, mm, okay, it's pretty cool. And once you're swimming in it, then you can start setting your own prices higher than that, right? But so just to give you a rough idea for beat makers, non-exclusives, you know, 10 to 25, let's say 15 to 25, fuck it, right? Exclusives, 100 to 400, right? Then you have other, other things and that's up to you. You know, it depends on your contract, right? with the client is listen you know if it reaches amount these many sales i want this many percentage uh, i want this percentage per sale i get royalties and then you have different types of contracts or leases right you have synchronization you have performances you have syndication right syndication is like hey listen i want to use that beat for a mobile app game all right cool pay me 100 bucks you know i want to use this beat for background for this um you know indie film all right pay me this much right so in that case you have to decide what you think you're worth but when you get to that point you know when you're having you know uh game developers indie filmmakers hitting you up it's because they found you some way so that means you have a presence and that means you're able to negotiate on a price okay so that's one thing now I don't want to leave my mixing engineering friends out. I don't want to leave my recording friends out and I don't want to leave my mastering friends out. How do I set my prices, right? You might be asking yourself, Hey, listen, I'm a mixing engineer, but I don't know how much I should charge per mix. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, here's, here's what I ended up writing down. Let me see. Okay. So one is ask yourself what type of genre is it? Now, you might tell yourself, oh, I can mix anything. Yes, you can, right? You probably can. But if you've been mixing for a while, chances are you're more familiar with a certain genre than another genre, right? So if you all you've mixed is rock and someone says, hey, listen, I want you to mix my, you know, big room house track. You're going to have a hard time because you're used to mixing drums a certain way. You're used to mixing bass a certain way, right? And these tracks are sub bass heavy. Okay, so you're going to have issues with that. Now, the reason I ask you is what type of genre is it is because you get to find out if you're comfortable with that genre. You get to ask yourself, all right, can I do this in my comfort? Like, can I do I have the confidence to mix this fucking track? Right. It's what I'm trying to get to. And if you do, then you know what you're doing. And then if you know what you're doing, chances are, you know how long that's going to take you right now. If it's a genre you're not familiar with. Don't shoot yourself short, right? Because let's say you're used to mixing a track. I don't know. Let's say four to six hours, right? Say hip hop track. And you tell yourself, yeah, I could do it in six hours. That's fine. You know, I can mix it. So now you let's say, you know, what, fuck it. Let's say four hours, right? For the sake of math, four hours You tell yourself, mm, okay, I'm going to charge $25 an hour. That adds up to a hundred bucks. Now, uh, for four hours, that's a hundred bucks. Tell yourself, is that worth it? Here's the thing is that you cannot ethically, I wouldn't suggest to screw over your client, right? Because if you could do it in four hours and you charge like $500 to a mix and you're just starting out and your mix isn't even that good, 
honestly i don't recommend it one thing is you have to be confident in yourself but like i said drop your ego don't be egotistical right this is that are you sure your mix is worth a hundred dollars okay now i know we're all our worst critic and we tell ourselves man i could have done better and it's true every time we listen to an old mix we're like fuck man i should have fixed this or i should have done that right but listen we learn as we go so when uh let me see hold on because i just fucking lost myself oh man i fucking love that background beat right so anyways genre this <clears throat> is that um yes so you gotta make sure is is that let's say four hours 25 dollars right and you tell yourself is it worth it now do you feel comfortable right do you tell yourself yeah you know four hours 100 bucks yeah that sounds that sounds it sounds great if all you're doing is minimum wage right because you're working eight tw 10 hours and all you're making is like you know let's say you're making two three hundred bucks a week so if you can make a hundred dollars a day fuck yeah right but don't like i said don't overprice yourself and don't uh don't just do it because the money sounds good right you got to make sure is is that would you pay if you heard it would you pay someone else for a hundred dollars you know maybe start off small check this out and do this right start off small and say you know for for four hours you do 100 you do 100 bucks right you tell them yeah listen i'll mix this track it's, it's gonna take me about four hours they pay you 100 bucks you're done with it how do you feel do you feel satisfied or do you feel like man honestly i feel short Okay, next one. Try it out. Hey, listen, uh, I'll do it for 150 for a different client, right? Because someone else is going to expect 100 uh, to that same person. You do it 150 and you're like, yeah, okay. See, now it's more reasonable. Then, okay, you feel good. Stick to 100, right? 150 for four hours. There you go. You got your price. So, at first, you're going to be dipping your toes and you're going to be experimenting them with until you finally have a price that you're worth it, right? Later on, you're going to have a lot more clients. You're going to start building that presence. You're going to tell yourself, you know what? 150 is just isn't cutting it anymore, right? Because I've gotten a lot better since I first started charging 150, right? My equipment has gotten way better, right? Uh, and I can definitely give them the sound that other people are charging, right? Like I said before, is research your competition. So if someone else is putting out the same type of mix that you're doing, but you're outdoing them, right? And they're charging about the same price. If you could do better, charge more, right? Because like I said, you have that presence following you. You have that word of mouth following you, that brand following you, that you're able to charge a lot more, right? Now, here's another thing. This is that if you get the chance, you know, ask. If someone says, if someone hits you, you know, online or something, and then they say, hey, listen, can you mix my track? Tell them this. Don't just say, yeah, for sure, I charge this much. Tell them this. Can I hear the track first? One is a psychological effect. <clears throat> One is a psychological effect. This is that you're you're essentially making them feel like, damn, he wants to hear my work. There's an emotional engagement. Now it's not a perfect, uh, a uh, uh, a powerful emo uh, uh, psychological trick or anything like that, but it's a it's a maneuver, right? You make them feel emotionally attached by saying, hey, listen, can I hear the track first? Because now they're saying damn okay well if it's not good maybe he doesn't want to work with me oh damn he really likes it he wants to work with me i feel like i have a thing going and then they boost the confidence chances are if their confidence is better and they're feeling good chances are they're gonna go with you right now uh use that <laughs> uh with great power comes great responsibility right 
So, anyways, this is that the thing is, is that not only you don't you don't ask them for the track just for that, right? What I'm saying is, use the track to to analyze it, right? Hear how many tracks you think you're gonna end up mixing, okay? For all you know, you know if you if you jump on board quick without realizing what you're gonna mix, and you tell them, yeah, I'm gonna charge an hour, and you find out it's this fun fucking complex type of track and Next thing you know, you're mixing like 70 tracks because this motherfucker ended up adding a bunch of effects and a bunch of, you know, risers and buildups and snare rolls. And he has like 30 different fucking kicks on his track, right? You're screwed because now you've set a price. And if you try to go back and tell him, hey, listen, this is too much. I'm going to have to charge you more. Chances are they're going to be like, nah, sorry. Because how would you feel if someone did that to you, right? Let's say you go out and get your photo taken, right? Like, like let's say you're trying to do a mixtape. A beat mixtape right and you're telling your you know you're telling a photographer hey listen you know how much to to shoot me for for a mixtape and they'll be like uh i'll shoot you for for 80 bucks right all right cool you get there next thing you know you're telling him hey listen let's try it this way and let's try these different shots and let's try it on this location and you know what let's shoot at this day and then let's shoot at this other day now you're taking way too much of his time and he's gonna be telling you hey listen man i didn't expect to do this much uh, I'm gonna have to charge you like 200 and you're telling yourself nah, man. You agreed to how much did I say 80? Yeah, you agreed to 80 You wouldn't like that, right? Same thing. The artist wouldn't like that. So make sure you hear the track first So you get to analyze it and see how long well how many tracks it has that way You're able to to tell how long it's gonna take you right another cool thing is, is that when you have that track You're able to reference it in your mix. You're able to tell yourself Okay, well, it's going to take me this, uh, you know, uh, it's going to take me this long, but this person wants it mixed like this. Oh, okay. He really wants, you know, these strings spread out that much. And you have an idea so that you can please, you know, your client. Now, <clears throat> let's go. Let's move on to my recording friends, right? So you're recording someone. How much should you charge? Now, here's the thing is that professional studios, you know, to record. They'll probably charge 80 to 120 dollars an hour right some charge you know it, they you know some big big studios they'll have like full day rates where they tell you hey listen you know well you know we'll record you but 800 a day 1200 a day right and you get the full treatment from them right you get catering you get the full benefits of everyone there you know everyone's working as a team to help you track you know to help that track out or let's say you know you're your track is missing something fuck it bring in the bass player it's already covered right now for recording is that like i said for professionals that's a lot right 800 1200 80 dollars an hour 100 dollars an hour right but if you're a professional studio and you're hearing this podcast just to hear me say man how much should i charge for my professional studio there's something wrong with you right because if you're able if you have a big fucking studio and you don't know how to set your prices, I don't know how you've been in business this long, right? So chances are you're a home studio owner, right? Or you're an up and coming uh, recording engineer, mixing engineer, beat maker, or you're doing this, you're transitioning from hobby to try to do it professional, right? So you're still doing it at home. So here's the thing for recording. I looked it up. I personally charge $25 an hour, right? Now, some charge $10, some charge 20. But like I said, if you have that following, 
you know if you're known for giving that crisp clear voice or you know uh, oh you know what I'll, I'll talk about this in a little bit but i just got i just thought of something but anyways yes so you're able to charge a little bit more especially if you're more familiar especially if you're the go-to guy to get this fucking sound right then you're able to charge more now here's the thing that i was i just thought about find out what type of project it is right because let's say you're recording a rapper. Chances are a rapper. Uh, honestly, I have no idea why it is, but it seems like most of them, like I've only met a handful that like to revise their work. That like to say, you know what? Honestly, I wasn't feeling that. Let me redo it again, right? Like even if I tell them, hey, listen, honestly, I didn't think that was great. Like I think you could do better. They still don't No, No, it's good, right? I've only met a, a handful of people, right? That have said, oh yeah, definitely. Let's do it again. Fuck it, let's do it again. Cause they're, they're into their work, right? They've been, they were so invested in their work that they're able to handle critique and feedback. So find out what type of, what type of, uh, you know, uh, what type of project it is when you're going to be recording, because if you're recording a rapper, you know, maybe they'll finish a song in an hour. If you're recording a singer, maybe it's going to take them two hours, three hours, probably, you know? And if you've recorded a singer before, you know how many fucking tracks and how many fucking takes this thing's going to take, right? If you've met a rapper, chances are you only need one track for the main vocals and you need, you know, your uh, your overdubs, your ad libs, and maybe two more tracks for the chorus, right? Singers are different. Singers are going to take a lot more time. Now, what if you record a band, right? Oh, you want to do 20 hours and set up all these, you know, okay, well, you're recording. Well, you know what? I guess it's fair, right? Because you're still recording the same amount of thing. But anyways, what I'm saying is this, is that how much time and effort is it going to take you, right? At the end of the day, do you feel it's worth it, right? So if you're recording a singer and you're done, do you feel $20 was worth it? If you record a band, do you feel $20 was worth it? An hour, I'm saying, not overall. So that's another thing. Another thing, too, is how much... How much money do you have invested, right? Like, let's say you want to give your clients the best sound that you can get, right? So you invest in your microphone, you invest in your preamps, right? You invest in your, you know, in your uh, headphones, in your, you know, your booth or, you know, your isolation materials or acoustic treatment. You invest a lot of time and effort and money into that, right? So... Tell yourself, when you record someone, is $10 worth it? Is $20 worth it? Right? And like I, like I mentioned in my mixing uh, engineering segment is, when you're done, you know, try it out. Try it out with a rapper and be like, hey, listen, you know what? Uh, try 15, starting out, right? All you're going to do, you're not losing anything, right? Because you're gaining money and you're gaining contact. Try it out. Try it for 15 bucks. At the end of the day. Do you feel that was worth it? If not, bump it up to 20. If not, bump it up to 25. And if you if you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I charge $75 just because of the money, do not I listen, I can't tell you what and what not to do, but my suggestion is don't let money get the better of you. Don't let money control you because then you'll just be doing it for the money and you're not, you're not going to be focused in the art. You're not going to be focused in the engineering. And that's why we have so many shit producers, so many shit beat makers, so many shit mixing engineers and mixing mastering engineers. And you know what? Speaking of mastering engineers, 
I was thinking about this before is that how much should a mastering engineer charge? Here's the thing is that professional mastering engineers, I was looking online to see how much they get. Like we're talking top level mastering engineers. I was, I was seeing that some make 150,000 to $300,000 a year. That's fucking crazy, you know, but I, I, I understand why they're getting paid so much right now that information check this out if you go online and you say hey can someone master my track and someone says yeah i'll do it for 30 bucks or yeah i'll do it for 60 bucks here's my suggestion get the fuck away from them right because if they're charging 30 dollars 60 dollars chances are all they're doing is just some slight eq and limiting the fuck out of it and i mean squashing it until it looks like a gigantic sausage right chances are they'll probably use sausage fattener or what is it called fat sausage i don't know that fucking plugin but it's all it is is just to make your you know to limit the fuck out of your track to make it loud and it seems like most of these up-and-coming mastering engineers right quote unquote it seems like to them all the uh, to them mastering is oh i gotta make it loud yeah that's it Oh yeah, I can make it loud. Fuck yeah, I can make it loud. Yeah, anyone can make it loud. You know, if you tell so if you tell you know someone who's not into audio engineering, and then they they like let's say someone general public says, man, how do they get them so loud? And you tell them, oh, actually, there's a there's this little software where you're able to raise the volume and never go past zero. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's like super easy to use. Guess what? Now they know about it, right? It's not a difficult thing. So if that's all they're doing for mastering you're wasting your money because that's not what mastering is right mastering is making sure that it sounds great everywhere you hear it right if you can't hear the bass on your laptop because a lot of people say oh you know i can't i can't hear the bass on my laptop because my laptop has shitty speakers mastering engineers are able to do that you can't hear you know um let's say you can't hear hi-hats on your shitty uh stock speakers in your car right mastering engineer are able to do that they're able to get that high frequency so that you can hear it in basically what i'm saying is, is that if it sounds great in their studio it should sound great everywhere right whether it's produced on tv whether it's streamed online or played over the air like you know radio or played on your headphones your earphones it should sound perfect it should sound great now of course you're gonna get little variances right like maybe the bass isn't gonna be so hot in your phone as it would be in your car but it should still have that emotional impact throughout and that's what a mastering engineer does right yes making it loud is a process but you know it's not the only thing so there you go food for thought school for thought now you know something but anyways so how much should you charge for mastering engineers see that's a tough one because i haven't had that many mastering gigs you know i've done I've, I've done a lot of mixing jobs. I've done a lot of recording jobs. So I know how much I should charge. If you're starting out, if, if I guess if you know what you're doing, if you know what you're doing, then I want to say 150, 200 bucks per track is reasonable. But I, I honestly don't know. I, I, this one has stumped me because you know, at the same time, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that it's this much. And then, you know, someone out there who actually does it says, oh, fuck, no, it's not worth this much. Or 
yeah no that's it's it's not worth that little like no way i i can't really give a professional or even uh an opinion on it because like i said i, I haven't had that many mastering gigs so i'm sorry guys sorry i let you down on that part but here before i go here's the list i wrote down to help you establish a price right so th this isn't necessarily math this isn't necessarily like listen x amount of hours times x amount of effort effort times x amount of watts per light and blah 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 equals this price no 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 no. this is a checklist to help you decide whether the amount is great for you okay so one what type of project is it okay now is it a beats project is it a custom like let's say you're you know you get hired to make a beat okay you know is it a custom beat or are they leasing it right uh if it's a mixing gig okay well what are you mixing like i mentioned before what genre things like that recording okay well who are you recording that brings me back to what type of client it is right because you know for the recording is what you know who are you recording what type of client is that second one is are you recording an artist are you recording a rapper are you recording maybe a voiceover actor are you recording a band right or is you know a, a, another way to look at you know who the client is whether it's for beats mixing or recording or mastering is are they famous right for all you know let's say you finally get a you, you finally get a chance to mix for a big label do you really want to do you really want to charge 100 bucks to mix a track for a big fucking label or for for an established label no you don't you don't want to get you know gypped out uh so what do you do okay well you tell them okay listen it's for you guys i'm gonna charge you how does 1200 how does 1200 sound and if they say mm, we don't know okay listen they said we don't know they didn't say a full no great now you, you can tell them all right well how about a, a thousand mm, can you do 900 i could do 950 Boom, there you go. Now you have an idea of where to start off for another label, right? Now, what if it's an up-and-coming rapper? A rapper who has a big following, but he's not yet really mainstream, right? Like, he's getting played in the radio, but he's not really big, big, or she's not really big, big. Okay, well, what could you do? You could charge them a lot, or, you know, use that person for credit, right? So let's say... Let's say you you get that you you record that person or you mix that person or you make a beat for them and you tell them listen just put me on your credits right wherever wherever like if it's on YouTube or if it's on you know uh, on your album or on your mixtape or wherever just make sure that you give me credit right maybe you could do a trade like that what type of client is it that's another thing okay you don't want to sell yourself short for a big client but like I said you don't want to overprice yourself for a smaller client everyone's equal. In the quality of service you provide but how much you charge i strongly i strongly feel that you should vary it on who they are right because like i said you know if you get a big client you don't want to charge 20 dollars to record them now granted you know if a big artist is coming to you chances are a big artist isn't going to come down to your home studio you know if you're charging 20 bucks an hour 10 bucks an hour i, I think it's very hard for for that to happen but you know anything is possible i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying likely the probability of that happening very slim 
But anyways. So, um, right. Is, well, let me see. Because I lost myself real quick. What type of project? Who your client are? Ah, here we go. How much you've invested, right? Not only financially, but time. Okay. Because let's say you've been doing this for 10 years and your quality is, you know, close to professionals. Now, like I said, granted, if, uh, if you're, if you're getting paid for this, you're, you're a professional, but I'm talking about, you know, industries, industry established professionals, right? That you're bringing the type of quality of production as them, because you've been doing this for so long then that's another thing you got to take into account, right? Because you don't want to sell yourself short in some type of other services. Now, I think this is an exception for for beats because honestly, if you've been doing this for 10 years and your beats are hot, like I said, you're dealing with people who are just not willing to spend that much. I mean, look at other beat makers out there. Like how many of them bitch and complain about rappers not paying for their beats, but those are the same beat makers that bitch and complain uh, but don't bitch and complain when they steal synths, when they steal sounds, when they steal DAWs, you know what I mean? They pirate their shit. You know, how many people out there do you, how many beat makers out there, uh, do you know that steal from, you know, some synth developers like Salenth or Massive or, you know, Native Instruments, you know, who make Massive, uh, you know, Waves. You know, now all of a sudden everybody has Waves plugins, right? And I remember, what was it, like a good five years ago? Like, those shits were expensive. If I remember right, uh, I think they cost like 14 grand. And now they're down to like two grand. But anyways, that's another thing. So yeah, it's how much time and money you've invested, right? And I think it's, uh, I think it, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the time you've in, uh, invested in yourself only applies for mixing engineers, recording engineers, and mastering engineers, right? Because honestly, I think even if you make beats, I think it's pretty hard to convince someone, hey, listen, I make 600, you know, I I've been doing this for 10 years and you gotta pay me 600. Well, I don't know you. Yeah, but look at my work. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. I don't know you. I'm not gonna pay you that much, right? I think that's the thing. But I could be wrong. Anyways, yes, so how much time and money you've invested, right? Because let's say you're a recording engineer and you know, you've invested a lot of money in your mic, you've invested or mics, right? You have a huge collection of mics. You have a huge collection of preamps or you have a, a, um, or you've invested a lot in your booth, right? And you're saying, you know, my booth, I made sure that it's isolated to perfection or close to perfection. You've invested a lot, right? Okay. Well, take that into consideration, right? Like, let's say, you know, you have a nice, uh, recording booth or a, a recording studio, right? Okay, well, do you want to sell yourself short, right? Because here's another thing is that I forgot to mention is, is that you got to make sure that when a, when a client comes in, that when they visit your room or when they visit your studio or where they visit your booth, that they feel that the amount of money they're putting in is worth it, okay? Because you don't want to be charging $50 to record and all you have is a mattress in your closet with clothes still on there, dirty ass fucking clothes and, you know, blankets covering the other side. So that's to soften up your, you know, the reflections, the, the frequencies, right? 
they're not gonna feel worth it. They'll be like, man, I'm paying 50 bucks for this, or you know, no, 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 no. You gotta make sure that how you present yourself is another big thing, okay? You gotta look like you're worth it, right? Look at Beats by Dre headphones. They look like they're worth it. Now, I'm not saying you're not worth it, but I'm just using them as an example, right? You gotta look like you're worth it because your skill can say everything. But if they feel like you're not worth it, then you've lost right there. You've lost them. So think about that. How much time and money you've invested. If you're a mixing engineer, how much have you invested in your in your uh in your studio, right? How much have you mixed in your equipment, on your plugins, you know, on your computer, uh, to make sure that everything runs smoothly, to make sure that you on your outboard geared, right? To make sure that that you give them the best that you can give them right and not just you know mix all in the box and if you do mix all in the box make sure that you have everything there right uh so you've invested in a lot like in plugins and things like that uh sounds whatever if you're a beat maker okay um how much have you invested right like do you go all out like or do you, all you do is sample you know are you a musician do you collaborate a lot if so Someone says, hey, man, I need a bass line for this. All right, you got them. You bring in your own bass. You don't bring in shitty bass samples, right? You got your own bass right there. Or you got uh, an electric guitar and you bring in riffs. You bring in chords, whatever it is. And you give them the best that there is. You also got to, you know, think about that. Uh, the last one I want to do, the last thing I want to talk about uh, in the list, right, is when everything is done, did it feel like you're worth like it was worth it right because how do you feel afterwards what's gonna happen afterwards do you feel like you got robbed do you feel like man i can't believe this person paid this much if so maybe you want to try and reduce them right maybe you want to reduce your 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 amount of uh rates right your rates uh another thing is let's say how you what's gonna happen afterwards let's say they're just a one-time deal you know you charge them the average amount or the regular amount because you know they're never going to return or you know they're going to return right and they've been you know consistently coming back all right help them out you know build that relationship don't just use them for money build that relationship to grow even further right so you know they've been coming back consistently let's say one day they're like hey man you know ah, i just don't have anything right now cool hey listen don't worry about it man let me mix it when you come back just pay me then it's no big deal man or you know what uh tell them hey listen you know you've been coming here you've you've been you know you've been pretty cool to work with i like what you're doing listen this time you know let me let me help you out man like uh you know i'll cut my prices half or you know what i'll help you out definitely man I, you know we've all been through struggles or whatever it is you know that's another thing to look out for is will they be coming back or are they one shot deal What's going to happen afterwards? Do you think, for example, let's say they're up and coming and don't necessarily know anyone or they are up and coming, right? And they do know they, they have a huge following and they do know people. Maybe you can get connections. Maybe you can get uh, networks like that, right? So you got to you got to look into this and see, OK, well, listen, this band is making a scene. This artist is making noise. This singer is creating a following. Yeah, definitely. I want to work with them. I need them in my studio. You know, I need to make sure that I work with them. So I'm going to try and help them out with prices to make sure that I get them in my studio to make sure that I give them the best quality possible so that later on when they do get a big following, 
they can help you out. Now, some of them are going to run and leave and they don't care about you. But listen, this is all a risk, okay? If you're a home studio owner, you never know if this is going to keep going. If this is going to stop, it could stop next week. You know, for all you know, something happens and then boom, that's it. You're out of a business, right? Your computer fries, your house gets burned down. And you say something stupid online and it ruins your, you know, your presence and your shot, right? So the last thing I want to talk about was, was it worth it? Okay. And was it worth it goes into what happens afterwards, right? All right. Look into it. If you think it's worth it, that should help you establish a price. Um, but like I said, I wanted to give you like strict prices so you guys can go like, oh, that's how much I should charge. I gave you broad prices to know what the competition is like. But what I wanted to do was give you then the concept of why you should be able to charge that much and how much you should be able to charge that much so that you can decide for your own prices, right? Because we all start off and we're like, oh, should I charge 30? Nah, maybe it's too much. I don't want to charge 10 because I'm shooting myself out. So I want you to start thinking. And that's why I talked about these certain things so that I can get you to start thinking and be like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's a good point. He makes a good point. You know, um, maybe this artist isn't big, but they know a lot of people. He's making a lot of buzz or, you know what? I feel like this person's going to be something. I really want to be there. I really want to work with this person. Right. So hopefully it helped you out. Anyways, I'm going on for like a good 53 minutes, I think. 50 minutes, 55. I don't know how long. But anyways, so I'm going to cut this short. So, uh, let me see. I was going to say something. I've just been blanking out recently. And I got a lot of stuff on my mind. But I'm not here to put my drama out there, right? Anyways, so thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys tuning in for this long. It's an hour, right? An hour a week. I want to make it two hours, but I don't know what happens, right? freelance job hits and i gotta take care of that so things happen but anyways so thank you for listening thank you for allowing me to be one hour to be a part of one hour out of your day right or a week you know it's not that much but i appreciate oh i'm sorry no but but i'm saying uh i appreciate everyone sharing liking commenting right helps me out don't forget to to hit me up on instagram twitter facebook uh twitter and instagram are at audio craftsman and facebook is the audio craftsman right i wanted to get everything one word but instagram and you know twitter they were all like oh no you can't put this many this many characters in your username so audio craftsman it is another thing too send in your work i really want to listen to what the talent's out there right so send it to the audio craftsman at f8music.com that's e-f-e-i-t music.com also, don't forget to check out, keep checking out the podcast every week. Helps me out. Like, share, comments. Definitely appreciate it. Now, I'm going to let you guys go. Listen to the outro of this fucking beat that I like. Okay? That trap beat. I'm telling you, it's fucking sick. When you get a chance, listen to more of their work. But anyways, I'm out, and I'll see you next week. Later. I can see the miles in my